talk. Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. Looks like the Doom Patrol are taking a road trip to Paraguay, that is, with hopes of finding more information about the missing Niles Calder. So sit down, turn it up, and just zonk out. This is Doom Patrol Radio. You know, our, our radio guy really gives it his all. This our our radio DJ guy. Yeah, um, I mean it's his job. Do you think do you think it takes a lot out of a person to commit to that kind of energy? I feel bad for him. Yeah, not so much. Um, well, today we're talking about Doom Patrol Radio. We're talking about Doom Patrol on our Doom Patrol Radio podcast. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's, I'm I'm Mark. I'm Nathan. And today we're talking about episode three, uh, Puppet Patrol, which I've I've now noticed. That there's a running theme here mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. titles. Which like, is great. I like that. You know what I like about it? Because, Well, you know why I like it? Because hmm. it hits close to home with us. Why? I'm usually the one that names the uh, episodes for our minute-by-minute thing. Mm-hmm. And I usually like to throw in um, whatever uh, bland title and then minute right after it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the always... ongoing minute joke. Yeah, it's the minute joke. So uh, Now it's the patrol joke. Yeah, it's good. So it it uh it hit home. It made me feel like I was on to something. It and made me feel smart. It validated my sense of humor. Yeah. Nathan Parnes, 2019. I feel like I should actually get that tattooed on my body. <laughs> I feel I feel validated. Someone, Validate my sense of humor. And as they tattoo that on you, you go, you know what? I feel really validated yeah. now. And, and look at him as, uh, I'm funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they said... Not at all. This is going to be with you for life, kid. Um, yeah, next episode, next week, it's going to be called Colt Patrol. Mm. That's a hard word. I feel like I'm saying Colt, as in 45. Or Colt. alcohol. Colt. I'm saying the same exact word. Colt. 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 No, you're saying it with an O-O. You got to say it with an no. U. Like a Colt classic? Colt. Colt. Not Colt. I hope you guys are enjoying us say the word Colt. Anyways. ASRM for you. <laughs> I can't say cult. I can't say that. It's difficult. Can you say um, Mike Coltier? Is that his name? Mike Coltier? Coltier? Mike Coulter? Mike Cotter? Coulter? <laughs> John Coltrane? Who am I saying? Woo! <laughs> that was my... uh. John Coltrane. Was his name John? I don't know. I don't remember. Coltrane from Gears of War. He was named after the jazz artist, right? Uh, Yeah. Anyways. Was he a football player? Uh, oh, ooh, John Coltrane about, was the jazz artist. Speaking about football players, cyborg, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to segue real hard. You're, I don't even know if there is a segue. Tit, hence the show. Mm. It's just that crazy. So today we're talking about Doom Patrol episode three, Puppet Patrol, and um, it's going to be basically um, where we left off is that the team knows that Mister Nobody, Morden has Niles Calder somehow in his possession. And in the last episode, hopefully you saw it, and we're not spoiling anything, but we're going to go right into it. So buyer beware. Um, They went into this donkey, different dimension. Morden has Niles Calder. He issues a warning to the 
team, quote unquote. They're not really a team, but they're forced to work together. And that's where we get in this episode. Nate, how do, overall, how mm. do you like Puppet Patrol? Oh, it was it's my uh, it's my favorite out of the three that we've seen. Out of the three, <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, there's definitely a lot of cool references. Yeah. in in this one, for people who uh, who have known Doom Patrol for a while, or people who are reading up on Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of cool references and a lot of cool nods to things that we might see in the future. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's definitely more than just that. This whole episode was um, not so much an origin, but a big moment of character development for um, Negative Man, Larry Trainer. It just happened to be somewhat of an origin story as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's a big episode for him, but as... I almost saw it as like the main plot. I know like the main plot is them trying to save Now's Caller, but for me, what seemed like the most important part was that Larry Trainer was learning something about himself. Like I felt like that. I think that was a subplot. I know it's a subplot, <laughs> but it, it almost ran. It almost ran like parallel instead of like. like oh yeah! Instead of diverting and going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah I get. What instead you mean. of diverting and, and actually feeling like a subplot, mm-hmm. let me use a reference since we do a, another podcast. The Harley Quinn Joker subplot in suicide squad feels like a subplot it doesn't feel like it runs parallel with the film you know what i mean and so stuff like that and 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 with titans the batman robin thing sometimes feels like a subplot but this larry trainer thing just felt like like it felt good to have and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was trying to take a break from us mentally about what was happening in the, in the main plot. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was what's going on with Larry Trainer. And as, uh, when it, you say it was your favorite of the, of the three episodes so far, is it because of Larry Trainer, or is there, is there more to it than that? Um, yeah, it has a lot to do with Larry Trainer. I'm a big negative man fan. So it's really fun to see, uh, this side of negative man that I haven't seen before. Uh, uh, the character that is not in quote unquote control of the negative energy, negative mm-hmm. spirit, that is or the key even word. yeah, or even um, you know working in tandem with it. It's just he is. It, they they don't. I think they Jane only call, uses the word negative man one time, and it was in this episode. Um, so like he isn't being called negative man. They're he's still Larry Trainer. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, that's kind of that's another thing. They don't really use their code names uh, as much. Uh, save cyborg, but mm-hmm. you know that was oh it was a robot man that was walking down the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever calls her Crazy Jane. They probably I don't even know if they use the word I crazy. They, I think they might have once they said Crazy Jane. Yeah, but that was I think we said Mister Nobody said it. He's he's, but I don't think anyone has yet to say. I'm okay with Mister Nobody girl. saying that because he is outside of it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's I I'm in. Inclined to believe that he is kind of fourth wall breaky. He knows that the Doom Patrol out of like the comic book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the episode is going to start off with uh, it's going to start with Crazy Jane. She's looking. They're trying to find Niles Calder, and mm-hmm. they're doing it in the most helpless way possible, where she's going around posting like missing flyers. Yeah, about uh, Niles Calder, and uh, she even like. 
just directly puts it on top of this poster, this missing ha- missing hamster called a ham- Hamable Lecter is his name. I did, I missed that. You there miss was a it? missing hamster poster. Yeah, it starts with her. She's staring. She's reading um, the missing flyer, and it's like, "Oh, if you find this hamster, please call." And his his name is Ham Hamable Lecter, and she's like, her head is tilted, and she's looking at, and then she just goes and she just staples then that was called a thing like right over like corner to corner like match up and she just and she just goes on with her day and so that i don't know that's not exactly why it ends up with her having a whole mob behind her who's just angry with her but um yeah which is weird so the mob like the townspeople know that these freaks destroyed their town that's what I thought. Yeah? That's what I was thinking, because I couldn't exactly get all the information that they were spouting about. I thought some someone said something about, you just don't have a permit to be posting stuff like that. But I think, I w- in my initial thought, I was like, oh, they're mad. Because they know who Niles Calder is. I'm pretty, the people of the town, Cloverton, they know about the 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 calder house danny street yeah they know about that you know i even in titans they're like oh they're on that weird house on danny street like i'm pretty sure the town knows about them and so they're just a bunch of freaks um and so like yeah they are kind of upset with her um and then (laughs) she does the hammerhead thing where she staples the flyer directly into someone's forehead which i've never had a staple like that directly you ever, no you ever, no you ever no accidentally stapled yourself no nope i don't i don't know if that i remember there was i was in elementary school and some kid did actually staple his hand um purposely i remember it being a thing and like he had to go to like a regular school stapler um it was one of the bigger heavier teacher ones i mean yeah i guess it's a school stapler but it oh, okay. was like um, I I, it like I, had I, the handle on the top that's you know a regular stapler right she has like like a carpenter stapler is that what they're called? I don't know. It's like the handle one, like a, a like a like a price a gun, shingle stapler, or something else. Right? Good one. No, yeah, that <laughs> usually has like power and stuff like that too. Oh, it's okay. like a nail gun. Um, um, you know what? There's this whole episode, Nate, and it has a lot of Riot Girl music, quote unquote. Yeah. Is that the name of the genre? Riot, Riot Girl? Girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of it. I was trying to figure out the song that played, and I think it was Slater Keeney that was playing when Jane Jane was walking the streets. Um, there, I did find a website that um, had all of the music from Doom Patrol. Let me see. Yeah, you can... should look it up because there's there's definitely a, it's not just in this opening um, little bit, but there's also some um, later on when they are driving in the bus. Spoiler alert! And then also towards the end when she fights a bunch of Nazis. Spoiler alert! And um, <laughs> there's just a lot of of that kind of music going out around, and and I really like it. I'm really liking the the diversity in the music uh, for this show, because again, that um, reflects on, on the tone of the comics, the tone of the the music that we listen to when we're associating with Doom Patrol, when we do our intros and outros for this show. Oh no, it wasn't Slater Kinney. I'm sorry. No, Mm-mm. but you found it. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, so it's off this website called tune find. And this is crazy. Cause it gets, uh, it said it was uploaded a day ago. Um, so that means someone is, Watching Doom Patrol at 3 a.m. I mean, they got a website to right run. in the tracks. They got to do it. They got to find out. Is that how jobs work? Um, I don't know. I've never yeah. had a job. So no, I think that opening song was "Rebel Girl" by uh, Bikini Kill. I've heard some Bikini I've Kill. Heard that. Yeah, hey, I got I into. I, I was in that. a big Riot Girl phase. 
like three weeks ago. Everyone um, goes through it. It comes and goes. It does come and goes. It comes in waves. Usually it's like the winter time. I get into a right oh, really? mood. Mine's usually spring and summer. Because during the winter time, I get this thing called, uh, it's called depression. Yep. And uh, music like that usually gets me going. Riot Girl gets you going? That's like a depressed thing? Yeah. Riot Girl is always just high energy to me. It's like I, I want a female yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Uh, uh um so yeah they yeah man there's cool things so they got another so they got fran hall they got dead kennedys robert lasalle is it all oh. in this episode yeah oh yeah there's only like four songs four or five songs yeah it's all yeah it's all good stuff yeah good I, punk music man um so so what we see in this episode is basically cyborg is trying to not because he he has to but because he wants to find niles calder um, he takes a task of trying to lead this team, um, which it's, it's not a, it's not a, like, um, like it's an original thing, like having a, a member like Cyborg, like a character like Cyborg who, who's known to like be trying to apply for Justice League and all that. Like, you know, one of those story types where it's like, oh, this person thinks he's a, a leader type and he does it, but there's something that I really like in Cyborg regardless. Yeah, I see it as more of like a self-entitlement thing, but mm-hmm. it's not like assholey. Yeah. And it's not like he messes up really. It's just No, he just has to uh pretty much, you know, tell himself that he's you know, lying to himself with what his goal is in mm-hmm. finding Niles. You know, it's not just yeah. because he is a good guy because he helped you. No, it's because there's something else going on, man. Yeah, I think normally with with stories like that where it's like you have that kind of hero character who thinks he's a hero and tries to lead and and then does a completely shit job another example of suicide squad rick flag um but i think the reason is is because it's just because he's with doom patrol if you put this cyborg again if you put him with teen titans of the same universe he's a good leader he can get the job done and i could definitely see him butting heads with uh dick grayson but it's because he has to, like, rein in these freaks. It's it's a lot harder for him. He's almost like the complete opposite of Dick Grayson and Titans. Um, this is a guy that's, like, trying to get into the Justice League, that's trying to get noticed, that, you know, people are asking him about how's Batman and stuff like that. It's not the first time Batman was referenced, but, um, you know, he's a guy that wants to meet and work with Batman. He probably sees Batman as somebody that's, you know, an, an idol idolization. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Dick Grayson is completely opposite in that Titan show. Didn't want anything to do with Batman, all that stuff. So no. imagine the two of those characters coming together. That's something cool where this guy that's like, Oh my gosh, you're Robin. You work with Batman. That's crazy. And he's probably just like, all right, shut up kid. It's not all that great. He has the, I, I definitely like the cyborgs like wardrobe. Like I know we were the talk- athletic wear. Yeah, the athletic wear. We were talking about it um, before, even before watching the episode about like his clothing hides his the rest of his body. Cybernetics. His cybernetics, if you will, um, and it, it like it seems to serve the show, and like, and that was what our thought was. Like, oh, they don't want to show the the rest of his body for maybe for like special effects reasons, maybe for budget, they don't want to show it. Um, but we do get to see his body and, and I'm very impressed. I like it. I like it a lot, but I do like the wardrobe itself. 
So I'm not mad when I don't that see he's zipped this. up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what works so well. It's like, okay, whatever your reasons are for hiding the suit, it doesn't matter because the shoes look cool mm-hmm. and his pants look cool. His pants have like a red stripe on the side. And I've always wanted that because I was like, I couldn't think of the beer commercial. I was trying to say, oh, it. red stripe. <laughs> um, um, and so, yeah, like, like his pants look cool. And like, just when he is later in the episode talking to someone and his jacket is unzipped, the fact that you are wearing athletic wear and then your chest is just this giant cybernetic thing. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I think that looks cool yeah. as hell. What's weird to think is that like, if, when you look at cyborg in comics now, he's not wearing clothes and it's like, it's acceptable. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cyborg. And then like, when you put cyborg in clothes, you just, again, you're just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's the first time... Even in Justice League when he came up in clothes. He is never wearing clothes. He's always just like, there's my robot body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've never thought of that. You know, like for being a guy who battles with the robot self and the human part of him, you never, you never see his human side being like, well, maybe I do want to wear a hat. Like yeah. at least a hat or sunglasses. You know, like something like that. And it's it's always been like he is just robot man with like, not this robot man, but just a robot man, cy- cyborg man, a robot man. Yeah. With with half a head, like half a human head mm-hmm. on it. And so three quarters, uh, six tenths. Yeah. OK. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, it is. It is interesting. We're seeing him wearing clothes. And it's it's more acceptable to me now because now I'm like, wait a minute, should he always be wearing clothes? Yeah. Like, sh- is this what should be the norm? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so, acceptance of it. I mean, so, yeah. I'm, so now I'm thinking, I think like, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and maybe again, it's 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 a whole thing of like he is an accident that's been bandaged up with cybernetic parts versus mother box cyborg who is. Who rebuilt him. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, okay, mother box cyborgs don't need clothes, but a guy who just like, he just has prosthetics, basically. Mm-hmm. He would wear normal clothes. Yeah, he's wearing shoes, too. He's that's Dude, his shoes are so cool. What has he got? It's like some Osiris's on? No. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg is a, uh, in his spare time, he's a sneakerhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So yeah, a lot of cool stuff here. Um, very cool. Oh, I just noticed something. I, I want to. I should have, I, remind me to come back to that phone phone booth call scene. Okay. Um, so basically, Cyborg tries to get the team together. They're gonna go to Paraguay. To uh, apparently that's where Niles Caller used to be in during the uh, World War II times. So they're gonna gather the team and go over there. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, like. Um, with robot man like they're searching they're searching the basement right do you remember that part where mm-hmm. they're searching the basement and and he finds um he finds a notepad or like he finds if he opens a drawer that's full of eyeballs first and i think we need to be paying attention and i really wish someone would uh do more digging than we are what are the eyeballs for there's got to be something with eyeballs and all those eyeballs with doom patrol that we're missing and not thinking of there in the beginning, in the opening sequence, there was a drawer full of them. 
there's got to be something with eyeballs that I just can't remember. Do you think it deals with a certain person, or do you think... I don't know. If it was a trait of Niles Calder to, to, to have random eyeballs, or if there was like an... No, what when I think of eyeballs, especially just like just a, a, a drawer full of eyeballs, that's surrealism to me. Any, like, uh, any giant eyeball with appendages or anything like that, Mm-hmm. It's like it fits in the surrealist uh, surrealism aspect uh, that Doom Patrol brings about. So I think there's something there, um, but I'm just speculating, buddy. I'm trying to think, like, because I I know later on in in Doom Patrol they like in Grant Morrison's there was like this like one issue this one like. Where Robot Man was getting like an upgraded body, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe now it's called they're secretly building Robot Man a second robot body. That, that robot makes... body didn't have eyes though; it was just like tungsten, or it was it was black. It was just black. Yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to think like if, kiss me, mother. If uh, maybe the eyeballs are or going to be for Robot Man and building him like an actual human body, or like. It's a good call because now I'm trying to think like what could those eyes have been for, but um, maybe someone else, maybe someone. Hopefully, maybe help us people, out, guys. Yeah, maybe there are people out there who help us out. Give your ideas, give us your suggestions, give us your facts, give us your sick, give us your poor, bring out your dead. <laughs> so yeah, um, in trying to rile up the team, um, the humor in the show. I find it hilarious. I oh find, yeah, I find it funny, and I, I find it's it on effective. All levels, man, and and I think that it's hard to do because I think um, when it comes to humor, like for the entire experience, whether it's a movie or a show, I find myself like the jokes are either all hits or all misses. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and with the show, it, it's like they all work well. And I don't have to like laugh out loud to find it funny, but like in terms of pacing and tempo and and mm-hmm. the rhythm of the show, I am always like, jokes are hitting well, jokes mm-hmm. are doing great. Like whether it's a joke in in an action sequence or just in dialogue, most of the time I, involving curse words, which is you think it's lowbrow, but yeah. it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, th- I think especially coming out of Brendan Fraser's mouth, it's he's he he drops the f bomb better than anyone i've seen <laughs> i wonder if that's why he got it <laughs> they just watched the mummy and they were like you know i wish he yells really good he you yells. know i wish he would just say fuck one time <laughs> yeah um and so yeah the humor does really really well um but yeah so after they search now now uh like basement for clues and then they find more about um where like his relationship with Morden stems from, um, they need to go to Paraguay. And so uh, Cyborg tries to get some assistance from his father, who is typical, um, you know, Silas Stone, and it's just a complete... Uh, Boss man of Star Labs. Yeah, kind of like... It's weird. He's... It's like he wants him to do better. It's like he wants him to succeed, but he wants him to succeed without. I don't help. think this is really a typical Silas Stone. Um, 
in my opinion, Silas was always not always because in the books it's a little bit different. He's a little bit more caring of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at face value, it seems like he just wants him to work, 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 so you can get noticed by the Justice League. You know, the work you're doing in Detroit is important, but he does have these phone calls throughout the episode to his dad where his dad is showing a little bit of fatherly love and uh, protectiveness over his son. Um, So, like, he's not all dismissive of, all right, when are you getting back? Okay, don't do that. Hey, you got to get here. Hey, stop messing around. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really typical Silas Stone, which I was really enjoying. He seemed like a, uh, I don't want to say good, but he seemed like a father figure. Nice. That was a cool sound. Yeah, that's a weird sound. Sorry about that. It was like changing, exchanging electromagnets. Is that a thing? I don't know anything <laughs> about science. Don't even ask me. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It it is a it is a different. It's a it's a spin on Silas Stone, and and but it is still like an obstacle to to Cyborg, and it's an obstacle so much that he doesn't really have the transportation to take said freaks to Paraguay, so then they have to use this bus that they've been driving uh, for the past few episodes, and I love I love this scene that happens, and again, this excuse me, this is what I mean by the humor doesn't have to, like, make me laugh out loud, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's the imagery, it's the, yeah, it's the design of the shot, it's the blocking of it where it's like you have these freaks who shouldn't shouldn't even be out in public and the only one, like, Rita Farr, I've grown really attached to this character. Yeah. I think Rita Farr's character, I think it's it's absolutely amazing. I love I love the poshness of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I love, like, just the way she's waiting for this this bus that's supposed to... Like, Breakfast at Tiffany style. Yeah. yeah. Like, she is, she's killing it. <laughs> and Audrey she, Hepburn. And she, yeah, she does an outstanding performance where she has to pose like that. Uh, compared to everyone else, and is there a comparison between Rita Farr and Audrey Hepburn? Maybe. Is that who she was supposed to be modeled after? Oh, you'd have to ask Arnold Drake about that one. Oh. But then again, it's it's a different Rita Farr. Yeah, I think because no oh, one. Yeah, for sure. No one else. Uh, I mean, there was Drake's version of it, and and yeah, more, but they were still superheroes, you know. Yeah, they were. That's what I'm saying. They they were those superheroes yeah. back then. Um, now they're they're not even they're not superheroes. Yeah, they're man. not even superheroes. They're not even they're <laughs> That's not why even it's there so yet. great. It is like a true like zero year Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. That is like yeah year one Doom Patrol. So they're standing in a line out front of the house, um, blocked perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's just all of it is is great. Um, the background scene behind them, very nice, well kept mansion. Them just waiting for what were they? <laughs> Were they waiting for the jet to pull up on the driveway? I don't too? know. Like, <laughs> like, wait, like the bus shows up and yeah. then, like I don't know. Like were they expecting a helicopter or something? I don't know, man. But that's great. But they were all she, like she was packed up. Like she was ready to go on like a vacation or something. Like she got like all her stuff with her and like it's just funny watching those people sit out there and have this bus roll up with cyborg in it. Um. But yeah, it's it's moments like that where it's like it's only three episodes in, and I care like mm-hmm. about that, you know. Like it's one of those things. It's not like one of those things where I'm like waiting for me, like oh I'm supposed to laugh. Okay, I will laugh. And it's not like that at all. It's like, like 
episode one had us caring so now all this is like even just three episodes in like i'm in it i think with titans it took a little bit yeah, longer i was just about to ask that what was what was episode three of titans was that the doom patrol one i think episode one of titans the only one i was like caring for yeah i think was starfire like her intro where i was like oh you have amnesia and you're running from the russians or something like like, mm-hmm. like i was like okay i like this character but Dick Grayson and um, Raven, it took me a bit because we had to go through the Hawk and Dove thing and, and then be like, then once I saw Hawk and Dove. That was a main point that drew yeah, me in. Yeah. The second episode, yeah. I was like, this yeah. is this is the show. Yeah. So um, I thought it, it took me a little bit longer, but by the first, even by the, not even the whole Doom Patrol first episode, it was just like, once we got through the robot man, mm-hmm. or maybe, do you think the Titans, the crossover episode, do you think that, you think that, um, that got me more into it just because that was the first live action Doom Patrol that I've yeah, ever seen. So I, it was like, yep. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you I have totally Beast Boy in this that. house. Yep. Technically I'm in. we're four episodes in. So yeah. maybe it is that, you know, it's been so, yeah, it's, it's just like I've known them already for a while. Like, yeah. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Like we, I feel more connected to these characters and this team than I do with, you know, going to, to see justice league or anything like that. Even like if I were to watch Dawn of justice again, it's like Batman and Superman, two of my favorite comic book characters, but it's still, mm-hmm. they're just that they're Batman and Superman. They're supposed to be doing what they're doing. It's cool to have some cool storytelling twist to it. But at the yeah. end of the day, they're going to be Batman and Superman. Doom Patrol, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I... Don't care. No, and I don't care because I'm going to... Love I'm, it. I'm in it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to love sold. it. Yeah. And I'm so... Yeah, you're ready for the whatever ride. Yeah. Yeah. And in all of them, I just feel for them. It's just, I'm, I feel more connected to the Doom Patrol characters than I do other DC comic book heroes, quote yeah. unquote. I feel like the, the, the beats of the show hit us differently than... Um, we always watch it with Johnny, and, and Johnny is like our control variable because mm-hmm. she has like, uh, she laughs at, at how much we gush over Doom Patrol. But then she watches the show, and and the little things get her because, like for us, I feel like we're we're uh, we're too indulgent in it. Yeah. So it's like they they vanish into Paraguay, and it's like it happens, and 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 I'm more like. Okay, cool. We're in Paraguay. This is crazy cool stuff. But for someone who's probably never seen Doom Patrol, they're like, wait a minute. They like vanished. Yeah. And now they're here in Paraguay and, and they're doing this puppet show. And I'm more like, this sound, This looks like Doom Patrol and I'm okay with it. So it's, it's a little bit of a different ride where I feel like I'm I'm used to it and I'm, I'm happy to be going on this ride mm-hmm. again. Like every episode could be weird and I cannot expect what's going to happen. But I think it's like I expect the unpredictability part. Yeah. And I, and I wish I had that sensation again of like, there's a puppet show happening mm-hmm. and, and some crazy person walked in at the end of the episode. Stuff like that is, is, is so, so, so cool. Um, they go, <laughs> they try to take this bus trip through Paraguay and it's like this, like travel animation that you've probably seen a hundred times. And no, this is a good travel this, animation, this is, man. This is good. This is there's depth to it. There's texture. Yeah. What it's like? It's it's like it's wood. It's like yeah. it's cut out of wood. It's like a wood cut, like a wood puzzle or something like that, like 1950s style. 
Um, but all of like the uh, uh, the changing of drivers and everything yeah. is just great. Um, my favorite one was Crazy Jane screaming, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. And Robot Man is just cackling in the back. He's <laughs> loving it. It's such a well it's, done. I feel like they're a family. And it like happened in episode one where I felt like, yeah, they all belong together. And they know it. Mm-hmm. They work so well together. <laughs> and just laughing, just rewatching it now. <laughs> she just, she is like actually going to go kill. Yeah, she's about to jump out of the window, which is, which is great. Oh my God. It's such a, it, it's such a innovative way to do the whole travel montage thing where it's like. Oh, we're traveling. Wacky road trip. Yeah, wacky road trip. But it's like, they're like, yeah, what if the states weren't leveled? What if the Mm -hmm. bus just like jumped? What if it circled around a few times? And like, things like that, like that's, it's just so neat. Um, And so basically it doesn't work out for them because negative man um, gets really negative with his negative energy. And so he destroys, the negative spirit comes out destroys the bus of theirs and i I guess the negative energy destroys the bus to a point where cyborg can't fix it like instantaneously yeah you know what i mean and i and i think this is what we're talking about with the different cyborgs that we have like mother box versus like prosthetic cyborg Mm -hmm. um but he can't fix a bus like that this isn't that kind of cyborg where he's like oh here let me just shove my arm into the and engine like nano fiber optics yeah, will go and like, fix it yeah yeah like justice league style like you mm-hmm. can't do that this is a i think this is a cyborg who still has to use like a wrench and um i feel like like a phillips head screwdriver would come out of his index finger like i think he's like on that level of basic like like go go gadget style is what i feel like this cyborg is and i'm i'm perfect with that that's great we'll have to look and see if, like when he's fixing the truck if he actually does that but um, so they so they had to go stay in at this. Uh, it's called the Cheap Sleep Motel, um, and so so they're pushing this bus into the hotel again. I love Rita Farr's character, uh, and and like she does this thing like great news. They have one room left, and I was like, I I like that character type being in the show. I like having that fifties um, kind of diva. Diva, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not just having the 50s character type. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like... Um, She's just like over-exaggerating the 50s era. Yeah. Like Larry Trainers from the 60s. And he's... I'm assuming that he has lived all the way up until present time and hasn't aged and all this stuff. So like he has lived all of these years and he doesn't hold on to living in 1960. He's not using like 1960s dialogue or anything like that. Yeah, and and she, but she does, and she has lived through it all as well. But she still retains this that diva personality, mm-hmm. which I really like. I, I like that more than just being a woman from the fifties. It's it's like being that woman in in the Hollywood fifties. You know, is that a song? Oh no, man from the fifties, man from the sixties. Man from sixties. That's a song. Who is that by? It's popular right now. I don't know. People are screaming. Is it? At, yeah. People. Uh, is yeah, it on the radio? Yeah. And it's like on like alternative radio. Here, I'm going to. We'll have to ask the, the DJ, the interdimensional DJ for his, for his input. I'm just going to look it up right now. 
Um, he, they do refer to it as the negative spirit. I just I'm watching this flashback with Negative Man and, and Crazy Jane, where she's talking. Maybe the negative uh, spirit wouldn't treat you like that. Um, so they do call it the negative spirit. Um, but yeah, basically, we'll kind of fast forward a bit. But they do end up in Paraguay because Crazy Jane shows off a new metahuman uh, persona, which is called Flit, and Flit allows her to teleport, basically. Where kind of nightcrawler status, kind of nightcrawler status, yeah. Um, more than nightcrawler, nightcrawler, nightcrawler is only line of sight. Um, it's is hero clicks terms we're throwing in there. <laughs> it's not line of sight, it's like you have to. Well, it's better than nightcrawler because nightcrawler, nightcrawler has to know exactly where to teleport to, yeah. So it is kind of like line of sight, but it's like, but it's not like jumper where he looked at a, at a photo and could just pop onto the sphinx. No, hers is like, I want to go to Paraguay. And so it, we're going to go to Paraguay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they just happen to be in the exact place where they need to be. Yeah. That's cool. Before they teleport, this was the uh, the phone booth scene with Robot Man. He has a sticky note that has his daughter's phone number on it for some reason. Uh, he was going to call the number, but then decides not to. Um, and there's a couple of weird things that happened in this one that I felt like were important. One being, um, he pets a cat for no reason. Like there's a cat there. He's like, Oh, you're a nice cat. I bet you're fuzzy too. And he pets the cat. Mm-hmm. But then also there's a camera literally pointed right at him, like a surveillance camera. It's like brand new. It's like a modern day surveillance camera. It's like right here. And it's just pointed directly at him. So it's a weird moment where I almost felt like, Something weird with this phone. Um, spoiler alert, nothing happens with that. Um, but I did think like there was just a lot of variables there that I felt like, oh, it's kind of odd. Was there something with Robot Man and a cat? And Was there a cat in the underground? There was a cat in Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there were. Casey had a cat. Yeah. yeah. There was. Who knows? Maybe that's a reference to that. Because he does have to stay in her apartment. And, has a, and the cat has a silly name. I'm going to flip through it. I can't remember. The cat has like, the name is like, uh, find me the name of this cat. Nate. Yeah, hang on. I can't. Nate can't reach. Are you seeing this? See, I can't. Yeah, grab. you're struggling with grabbing things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they're in Paraguay and um, it's Crazy Jane, Negative Man, and Robot Man. They're in Paraguay and... Um, <laughs> They run into they run into this guy named Steve. Now Steve ends up being a very big deal and I'm so happy that this character shows up because I this was one of those Doom Patrol moments where I know the cat's name. What is the cat's it name? It was Lotion. Lotion. Yeah. And is there anything with the uh, robot? The robot man. Yeah, I remember him waking up in Casey's apartment after that one woman um after Terry Nunn fixes yeah. him. Flip, 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 page flipping. (laughs) So Steve is on his way to uh, this place to to obtain superpowers. Apparently there is a there is a clinic here, a museum of sorts where they um, give you superpowers if you if you want to go obtain some. And so he's talking about the Morden, which is the Mr. Nobody superpower. You can pay for that, and you can obtain that power. They go to this place called 
Fuktopia, which is um, it's Fuktopia, not Fuke. Is his name is Fuke? Fuke. Fuktopia. This place is so like so Disney German town. Like it's not German town. It's like it's it's just um, it's Disney German. What do you what do you call it? What is the word? Um, Facade. Yeah, I guess white city kind of style. Um, but it's like um, fabricated. It's that like it's just exaggerate, a German town. exaggerated um, stereotypical, stereotypical of German German town. Yeah. yeah, it's like not even. It's not correct. And and for a person who really is like a Nazi German, it's like it's not correct for them either. It's not authentic, but it's still Fuktopia, where mm-hmm. it's, um, <laughs> where they're just like it's like a theme park. It's like there no one dresses like that. No one even really talks like that. I feel like the German accents are purposely stereotypical. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's one of those things where they go through this whole museum of sorts and it's so off-putting but on purpose and and it's but it's so off-putting and you're like yeah this is a nightmare i don't want to be anywhere in this and so they have to watch this puppet show of uh heinrich von fuchs um and so what what they're doing here is they're looking for um clues they're looking for now the board game but they're also um, looking for Niles. Um, I, think I think, yeah, I think they're trying to find the connection between Mister yeah. Nobody and Niles. And, and this Nazi scientist was, you know, dead center. And this is where you brought up the Brotherhood of Evil. Yeah, which um, they say that was it Morden and Fuchs or who? What did what did they say in the episode where they were like, "Hey, this is." They um, created so the Fu- yeah. Fuchs was saying that he had created Mister Nobody. And with a couple other, so what Mr. Nobody, or what Fuchs does at this uh, Fuchtopia, or what he did back in, you know, the the, the 40s during uh, Nazi regime, all this stuff, is that he would make people better, and in his terms, is giving them metahuman abilities, which is, like, the fact, the fact that they break that mold right there, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh yeah, anybody can have metahuman abilities, if you just come to this place. Yeah. That's incredible to me. That breaks the mold of Justice League being on this pedestal that Cyborg is like seeing them on and how mm-hmm. pretty much all readers see them. And it just makes it so it's just like, yeah, no, dude. Fucking anybody can have metahuman abilities. Yeah, it you went, just gotta have it a went credit from card. <laughs> metahuman thesis mm-hmm. to metahuman free market. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um so yeah, so Fuchs was saying that um uh, Mr. Nobody and a, a few other super, like Morden and a few other metahumans, like band together and started the Brotherhood of Evil. Yeah. From what I know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Nobody wasn't a part of the Brotherhood of Evil. That's why it ding went off in my head as a little alert because he started the Brotherhood of Dada, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that's a thing. Yeah. Hopefully, but I'm. I mean, I honestly, I want both. Evil, yeah. I want both. Yeah. Brotherhood of Evil. That's great Doom Patrol stuff. Brotherhood of Evil consists of what? The Brain, Monster Mala. General yes. Immortus, uh, 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 poison, uh, poison, R- Rouge. Yeah, Rouge, Rouge. Um, oh look at this, I got it right here. Warp, Gemini, Plasmus, Hogan, Phobia, Trinity, Elephant Man, Gridlocks, General Immortus, Madame Rouge, and Garrow. Garrow, G A R G A X. Garrow, Geralt, 
No, I think garrote has a T in it. That's a murder weapon, Mark. A garrote? Yeah, it's like the piano wire or something on like the two things that you strangle. Is that what with. he's named after? Uh, no, I think that has that word has a T in it. Garrote. It could be French. Maybe you don't pronounce it. Garrote is French. <laughs> <laughs> and we solved the mystery. Um, um, but but you- yeah, so that's like, like mis- the Brotherhood of Evil. That has the brain and Mala on it, yeah. which we're... Dude, <laughs> I was so... This, this entire episode, when they when they mentioned Brotherhood of Evil, and then they go to Futopia, mm-hmm. I was I was ready. I was like, okay, show me the brain. Like, yeah. this dude has to be. I almost thought Fuchs was going to be the brain. I thought he was uh, General Immortus. To oh, be honest with you. Yeah, because oh. he's an old dude. Yeah. And he's living forever. Yeah. But he's more of a... This guy's uh, Victor... Victor? Heinrich. Heinrich. Victor. I know. Victor. So Victor it's, Von Doom. It's, it's um, an easy mistake to make. Heinrich Von Fuchs is, uh, is so like some ancient, old, shriveled scientist. He's like, and he's yeah. not a general of an army or like anything a, like that. He's but, like a puppet master. But uh, one feels inclined to believe that if this guy has the ability to make himself live forever like that and have his conscience all over a Futopia, yeah. is it so outlandish, outlandish to have General Immortus still an old guy I causing think, ruckus I and think wars? They all were, I, think that's, I think that is the uh, the clue there, or the, the hint, rather, that everyone associated with the Brotherhood of Evil had that immortality con- trait. Like, yeah, conquests where they were like, um, you know, like the brain wants to live forever. That's why he looks like that. General Immortus, you know, um, Fuchs with Fuchtopia, like they all chase that that living forever kind of thing. I guess they, and who knows, maybe Mister Nobody was that perfect product in their eyes, where they're like, oh, I wanted to be like that, and so they go their own ways of trying to obtain it. But that could be, that could be, you know, Fuchs is the first of many of those type of weird, crazy scientists because mm-hmm. Niles Calder is a weird, crazy scientist. Yeah. And so maybe that's the relationship. Maybe that is, maybe Fuchs is just one of the many scientists that they will have to fight. Um, That'd be cool. We, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say uh, Fuchs, as far as we know, is short-lived. It's only this episode. But I'm hoping... By the time we see the brain, that it is not one of those type of things, and that he's a oncoming, ongoing, yeah. recurring character. That'd be awesome. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say Fuchs also said a little bit about Mister Nobody's powers, um, which uh, cleared some stuff up for me. Um, okay. He described him as using other metahuman abilities that he draws from other dimensions. Mm-hmm. So, like he can—that's just a wild card of abilities, right? Yeah, I think that that explains why he's able to do anything because. It's, it's like he breaks reality yeah he he breaks this reality by bringing in the reality of other things into this equation mm-hmm. and so like when he does stuff like that it, it in from those dimensions it may not seem as bad but as as they're in here they seem extremely out of place and that's yeah. and that's what he, like living inside of a donkey like living inside a dada painting yeah me too <laughs> Um, and so we have to watch this puppet show with uh, good old Steve over here. I never got to figure out the character, uh, the actor who plays him, but uh, fantastic performance. Oh, the okay. So yeah, they they met Steve um, at the bus stop in Paraguay, and he was just a lowly guy that wanted to get metahuman abilities. He talks about not having a, enough money for the Morden uh, treatment, 
So he just wanted magnetic feet, which is great. <laughs> and his attitude is perfect, man. Like he's on vacation. He's going to like this procedure and he's just like, man, I'm going to get magnetic feet. Walk on walls. Yeah, dude, you're right. Like, who, does, who doesn't want You got a couple thousand dollars and you can't afford millions of dollars to be all super powerful. You just want some magnetic feet. Go for it, man. It's crazy. So they go through this whole this whole thing um, as they try to find deeper into the truth of it all. Um, but what ends up happening is um, Crazy Jane talks her way into meeting Von Fuchs. And so we get to see what he really is. And I, I'm still not sure what contraption he's in. It's like... It's like a iron lung, but it's like a, it's like an archaic iron lung. Like like no one's ever made one. What was before. the thing from Big? Did you ever see that movie? You never saw Big? Um, Probably a long time ago. A long time the, ago. The 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 crystal ball dude, Zoltan. Zoltan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Things. Zolar. That's what it looks like at first, but mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a, it's one of those, but it's an iron lung, right? It's it's, and so he's got like cables in his head and stuff. Um, fantastic performance by whoever played him too. It's incredible. Um, but he's, what he's doing is, and I don't know, like it, it's like, he's able to control all these people. It's not explained, but it doesn't matter, but he's able to control these, all the, all the workers that work here. Um, and I'm sure there's, there's some, you know, deep philosophical thing we can go about, about like the whole, control is a weapon for the fascists um but he does have control over all these people and he's he's able to make them do whatever he wants um and it 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 erupts uh, into this this incredible action piece um as he tries to fight both crazy jane and robot man i couldn't find uh our buddy steve no no and i don't know why he's not credited on imdb but i have seen that guy before in yeah. like disney channel or he nickelodeon or something yeah i've seen I was him like, i've seen this steve that's guy. so raven or something like that like he has been around if you know and he's not showing steve, up on here aka uh avm man we'll talk about him in a minute but like yeah tweet at us at radio doom patrol and let us know who played steve um but yeah, it, it it turns into this this fight scene um, with all the staff. It's cool. They actually have puppeteers credited for that episode. Really? Yeah, they credited the puppeteers for the marionettes. That's awesome, right? <laughs> but they didn't credit the Steve guy. Yeah. Bummer summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this fight scene is so cool because I feel like um, this is our first actual fight scene ever with Doom Patrol. Like we. We yeah. had like the Arnold Drake. So like of... I put this fight scene on the same level of like the Marvel Netflix shows where they always have like the hallway scene. Ha- hallway fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact about this. These episodes on IMDb are getting good ratings, man. Oh, that's Nine good. and ups. That's awesome. 9.6. This one got a 9.6. This episode, episode three. Oh, hell yeah. And I believe it. <laughs> I believe you. Um, we see Silver Tongue again. I love it. I love seeing Silver Tongue. Is like I've never seen this character in the comics. I'll probably have to reread it, and, and maybe she is actually in somewhere. But um, honestly, I love this meta power. I love this character. I think she looks cool. Yeah. Like if I saw a chick like that downtown, I'd be like, she's cool. Bring back silver lipstick. 
Why aren't you wearing enough silver lipstick, ladies? It's so cool. Or guys. Or Live guys. Yeah, Live I paint up. my nails. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's such a cool power. I love seeing all the, like, just the word fuck killing people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... The word Nazi and... Fu- well, that's bad. The word Nazi killing these other Nazis, the word that's Nazi poetic justice. killing Nazis <laughs> is poetic justice. Yeah. Um, fuck my And then fucking. it even has the, the exclamation point at the end, which yeah, she uses. She, she saves it. <laughs> that's a great power, man. That's such a... That, like, I'm telling you, it's like, directing this is, is pretty innovative. The, the decisions that they make, and I'm so happy with some of it. Uh, with all of it, it's just good stuff. Negative man continues to have his his inner battle. It's not mm-hmm. even a struggle. It's like an yeah. actual battle. Between- he decides to go in that little chamber that uh they were turning. They were giving people metahuman ability. Well, they gave Mister Nobody that ability in that one. I think our buddy Steve is seen in a different one, but that's we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah, negative man is fighting with the spirit um, inside this chamber. And it's he's going through flashbacks as well. I I really, really think the the makeup job that they do for injured Larry Trainer needs more praise because I was really studying it in the episode. Yeah, and I was really digging it. Like I and I, and I think I used the Deadpool reference in the last episode, but like why? And I, and I think it's because it's Ryan Reynolds and, and he has to look some sort of attractive still in like his Deadpool in this. No, but, they like did, they did like a, um, but it's all name? like one texture. You know what I mean? Like for no, a movie, the, it's like the guy that played Freddy Krueger, Richard. No, I don't remember, but it's like a Freddy Krueger thing. Freddy yeah. Krueger's been, he was burned. And but is it just a burn thing? Because that's yeah, I get it. Like this seems more it's like a burn victim. This seems more technically pronounced with the, with the the way that they do the the damage on their trainer. Like it looks like his nose is is somewhat burned away. Oh, it's totally burned away. Yeah. He's like red skull up in here. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, but it's like you can see how thin the nostrils are because of mm-hmm. the damage that he has. And then in the chin, there's a lot of like, like, like muscle. Yeah, and then there's like a chunk missing out of the chin, and so there's all these details. But it's not like Harvey Dent, Dark Knight kind of thing. Well, that was CGI. Um, It was CGI, and it was all CGI. mm -hmm. He didn't have any makeup on. Yeah, no, the Pirates of the Caribbean um, influenced the effects job for Harvey Dent in that film. Who? uh, Davy Jones? (laughs) No, Locker. The other one, Barbosa. Oh, you, you believe in ghost stories? Because <laughs> you're in one. Anyways, um, but you just, <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say that line from the movie without sounding like Jeffrey Rush. You can't just say, "Hey, do you believe in ghost stories?" Man, because you're in one. <laughs> yeah, it's such a. I love that. I love those first two films. Um, but Did you see the last one? That one's super Barbosa heavy. No, the no. Don't watch it. No, I'm don't good. watch it. I'm good. I'll just I'll just watch the first two and and say I did. Yeah. Um, but there's so much detailing in the in the in the carnage that they do for Negative Man for Larry Trainer when he's injured in the past, and I think it needs more appreciation because I I really enjoy it. I think it looks painful. I believe it as far as like you know, as an actor wearing uh, horror makeup, um, 
and I just don't feel that with um with Deadpool and, and and like we we see you know that's what he looked like in the sixties. Here's what Larry Trainer looks like at the end of um the last episode, Donkey Patrol, and he still looks like he's in physical pain. That's why he has to wear bandages. Um, and I think it needs more praise, especially if like movies like full on blockbusters are going to get away with just a simple one note texture on, on an actor's face. But then they put in so much work for when they show Larry Trainer, It's like, damn, honestly, the makeup artists that do that kudos guys. Cause I find that very, uh, appealing in the most grotesque way. Um, and even so with, with Von Fuchs with like his little puppet master thing, like great hair and makeup job all around. Um, I guess they, did you did we did we look into Von Fuchs um, anymore? Can you figure out um, if he was a call to something? If he was from something? So the thing with with Nazi Germans in South America, this is something everyone has always talked about, right? Like this is Nazis like, fleeing to South America. Yes, yeah, that, absolutely. That was a that was an actual thing. Yeah. Apparently, Von Fuchs is based off real scientists like that who who did you know. Nazi scientists who actually fled Germany and, and continue their experiments in South America. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why South America was such a safe haven for them, but it, it seemed like that. And I don't know what the rules were either. I'm sure it was like some sort of asylum that they were seeking, or they were just able to hide and but buy, even, buy a farm. Even um, Spanish last names that end with a Z yeah. were code names for Jewish refugees. Um, and so sometimes you'll like, you'll meet someone, their last name might be like Rodriguez and it ends with a Z or Sanchez and it ends with a Z. And those last names are supposed to be code for, Hey, we're actually Jewish refugees. And so sometimes if you meet a Spanish person with a last name, that has a Z at the end, you should ask them, do you have any Jewish family members? Because they might. Are you asking me? No, I'm oh. telling you. It's an actual thing. Um, um, I wouldn't know. I, I, dang. I pulled up, um, I don't know. I think it's the entire series cast. Oh, for Doom Patrol? For Doom Patrol. And it's just... A lot of people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You'll never get to it all. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so so the the whole thing about Germans fleeing to to places like Paraguay and and stuff like that that is based on actual history. Yeah, like that's an actual thing that that happened. Um, what they were doing on there, and if there's more, and if von Fuchs is actually directly related to a certain scientist in real history, I have no idea, and I would love to know. But um, I don't know if I want to get down that rabbit hole because that would be kind of unnerving to see like the experiments that they were running and stuff like that. I was trying to find what his like full name was. Um, Heinrich? No, the Strumbahnführer, which uh, two years of German and I have no idea what Strumbahnführer means, but I don't, Strumbahn, I don't know what that is, but Führer is obviously like, you know, chief, big cheese. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they call him, big cheese. That's what they call the whole 80... <laughs> so big cheese, but yeah. But then you know we get into that 
a big big uh riot girl cue the riot girl music oh we'll, yeah we'll heavy, go into an action scene heavy punk music yeah. again silver silver tongue and uh robot man finally gets to doing robot man action and so there's something to talk about here with robot man and so yes it is watching it watching his action scene yes it was visceral and it was very highly enjoyable but i think in the meta sense i think he also knows that and i think that's why it was happening he was fighting these fucking fuctopians is what they're called on from imdb fuctopians he's fighting these silly looking fuctopians and um he's He's starting to revel in the carnage he is producing. Um, he's getting really angry. He's really, honestly, cracking heads, splitting people in half. And and he gets so caught up in it. And then when all the carnage is done, he stands back and goes, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. And then on the plane home, he's still covered in all this blood. And he's staring at this note with his daughter's phone number. And he crumples it away and he throws it away. Um that I think is him starting to like he's still coming to terms with the fact that he's not human anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, with a human body, you wouldn't be able to do things like that. You wouldn't be able to crack heads open and split a person's body in half and hit some guy over the head with that body part. But it's like it's because he's able to do that, it's this new foundation of power, and he isn't human anymore you know like so there's something clicking in him where he's he's coming to terms with that you know and so when he throws away that that phone number he's like i'm not that man yeah, anymore. it's not my life anymore yeah like i am a person with meta powers i have to go deal with this i have to do de- like i have to focus on this because this is this is not for reward but maybe for punishment like this is where i belong now I belong with this group of misfits in this damned life of uncertainty and wacky scientists and all that because of what a huge piece of shit I was mm-hmm. in my past life. Curse these robot hands. Yeah, so now I'm cursed as this robot man. And I have to live my life. Robot man. Robot person. <laughs> yeah, let's be um, fair to everybody now. And so, yeah, that's... Um, it's just... It's just, I got so much more out of that than just like, oh, gratuitous violence scene. It was mm-hmm. like, it it meant something that he was struggling with this. And even on that plane, he's just covered in blood. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful moment. But at the same time, it's an enjoyable moment because of the right girl music and the action of it all. So it really worked out well. Um, and that's when we get... I feel like this is kind of like a, a Morrison bit with Crazy Jane writing controls. Oh, when, she, when they're back on the plane? Yeah, yeah. And, her, and her writing it on the window, and then it's just like that shot that somehow captures the message. I, I found that as like, that's something like Grant Morrison would have like in his panels, like writing in the in the background, something like that. It's like, what was it, cod, falling cod? Oh, yeah, yeah, there is no cod. There is no cod, yeah. Yeah, something like that, exactly. And so her writing control is a weapon for fascists. Like, I like that. It's... It's very crazy, Jane, but at the same time, it's very Grant Morrison. What does it say on the window? What does she write? Control is a weapon for fascists. Yeah. Fascism? 
fascism. Fascists. Fascists, plural. Fascists. So what are you what are you taking that as? Are you taking it just as face value? And okay, yeah, Nazis were creating metahumans so they could control them and rule the world. Or do you think of it as a blanket idea of just the ability to control something is so alpha male terrible person that you know you you can't think that you need to control everything you just got to let some things be yeah you know it it, let's first put in the terms with crazy jane because she's the one who writes it right she has to control 64 personalities. She does not control them, though. She doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well... That is the... That is, the, that is in, in her immediate terms, like, that's that's how you can relate that. Control is a weapon for fascists. She, her writing that is also telling herself and her other 63 personalities, listen, like, like controlling all of you is, is what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what they want us to do. They want us to be quote-unquote normal they Mm -hmm. want us to collect ourselves and and abide by their rules um robot man goes out of control and starts killing people and then he he freaks out about it at first but then he's i think he's going to realize you know more and more about what his new position is as a as a being on this planet um and so control will be a discussion for him Rita Farr deals with control, mm-hmm. control over herself and control over, and, and, and maybe her thing, I think for almost all of them, it's about this thing about controlling it and maybe the, the answer is to let go. Yeah. Um, negative man has in this entire episode has the biggest, um, event of trying to control the negative spirit. And so that's that's another thing where he comes face to face with negative spirit finally, but then control um, becomes a factor of, of, of should he try to control this thing? Should they try to agree with each other? Um, Silas Stone controls Cyborg in almost everything that he does, um, and then Cyborg's trying to control his group. And so there's a lot of things where where control is 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 their immediate first action, but ends up being the weapon that backfires on them. And so they, they need to say, Hey, control is not the answer. It's not this, it's not the solution to our problems, each specific problem. And then their greater problem. Um, and maybe Niles Calder knew that. And maybe Niles Calder will learn that in the future. Um, but then you're talking about like our, our view on that, right? Are you talking about like what, how we accept that? Like if I had to take this, I was just seeing what if you were seeing it more as the face value of just uh, the overarching um, theme for this episode. It yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. It definitely is the the takeaway. It is the more of the story written out for you on on the window. Mm-hmm. Um, control is a weapon for fascists. It's a fair point. Control is uh, that li- that tends to be on the scale of. Uh, peace when it comes to the what is it the the scale of freedom and peace i we've talked about this many times but like freedom is on one end of it and then on the other side of the spectrum is peace mm-hmm. um to go one way or the other you can't have both but control le- tends to lead towards peace and so it was a triangle wasn't it it was freedom peace and structure was it that freedom peace structure yeah 
because you can have freedom and structure um but you won't have peace and you can have yeah it's like yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure that's There's what a, it was it was a thing that has to do with society it's, it's left and right it's more it's a, it's it, well it's all up to your perspective but there is a psychology book. It's called. Um, uh, it's written by Eric Fromm. It's called "Escape from Freedom," and so normally we start out very uh, nurtured and secure, and so things are very peaceful for young humans. Um, but as we tend to want to live more with more free freedom and, and liberty, like stuff like that, like we give up security, control, and peace. For those things, um, but it leads to conflict and it leads to danger. And so, when it comes to the 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 argument of like, oh, do we want more control? It's like, oh, do you want more peace and do you, or do you want more freedom, which is more conflict? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's okay to want conflict as you know, like as a consequence of freedom. Like for some people, it is worth it. Like, yes, I would rather have freedom, knowing that it leads to to conflict and and confrontation. Um, but for some people, it's like, no, I want peace, which means we need to control ourselves, which means we have to regulate ourselves. And, and so that becomes the balancing act. Um, and so when it comes to things like that, uh, fascism, and, and I guess fasc- I don't mean to step on anyone's uh, political toes, um, but it's like if you, what fascists can get away with is that they, they tell you that they're going to give you peace so they use control as a weapon, mm-hmm. and so they promise you things like that. But it ends up not being secured peace. It becomes, I get to live higher, and you might get to live lower for my benefit, not yours. And so it becomes a lie. And so I could see exactly what she's saying when she said control is a weapon for fascists because it's a it can be a tool. Mm-hmm. It can be a, a weapon for anyone, but the way that they use it is is fucked up in the sense that they um let's put it in let's put it back in the episode where it's like von fuchs is like oh you come to my fuchtopia and i give you superpowers right mm-hmm. you're not gonna leave out of here like like oh i i like okay you got magnet feet yeah you got see mag- you later see you, no it's like welcome no. to the brotherhood of evil yeah and so control is a weapon for fascism. They tell you, "Oh, you, you'll, you know, you're going to be great. You're going to be a star, and and all these things." And it's like, then they have you. So that's when they they're saying when you know control is a, is a weapon for fascists. So um, I'm glad you brought it up because it's it's something that needs a discussion for. And you know that's why we do this podcast because there's uh, besides you know talking about art like we did in in the last episode and this one. Um, Art can be a stepping stone for political conversations, you know, and, and, and art can be very politically fueled. And this is one of those moments and very well done. Very well done. You were going to pull something up there? Yeah, I was just going to pull up the little last. You going to pull up uh, a little cover art of a certain character that we see here at the end of the episode? Yeah, man. So That was some fun did, stuff. Where did Steve go? At the end of the episode, Steve, um, he was getting superpowers. It wasn't magnet feet. Um, but he ends up crawling from the wreckage. Bing! You got a sound effect on that one? Um, no. Wait, wait, hang on. What, let's give some time to do the sound effect. Okay. <laughs> Never going to happen. 
um, and so he, he he shows up and he's got uh, celery for hands. Yeah, he peeks out of the little and, steam room. Uh, yeah, and a big old hand of celery. And as soon as I saw and a tree leg. Yeah, as soon as I saw the the tree the celery hand, I started to go, hmm. I feel like I've seen this character before. Yeah. And then he stepped out. He had <laughs> he had like rock feet. And and like a tree foot, and mm-hmm. then I was like, I I know a lot of people are gonna think metamorpho, but I know exactly. Yeah, who I this thought is. metamorpho at first, but and, then it just it didn't fit. Uh, and then he has this dinosaur head, and yeah. I knew immediately that it was this character that I had seen from Batman: Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. And Nate, tell me this guy's silly name one more time. This guy's man. This guy's man. What did I just say? So, Dr. Stephen Larson gets transformed into the Animal Vegetable Mineral Menace, or Animal Vegetable Man. Is his name... Animal Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. There was no menace? Well, menace is in the cover art. Oh. Um, But his his name is Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. We did... We did an episode way back when, when we talked about the Doom Patrol in animation, and we watched Brave and the Bold, and... Animal Vegetable Mineral Man showed up, and I, it was like, it's such a, like, it's such a, um, like, aware joke of those kind of golden age um, comic books where it's like. Yeah, this was in 1964 where he first debuted, and it's yeah, like. Yeah, and, and so he's like, oh, what is his name? He goes by. Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, <laughs> and so um, so th- th- it's kind of cool because in this in this cover in the 1964 um, issue, it does have a little excerpt about why he is called that. Uh, do you want me to read it for you? Yeah, go for it. All matter is divided into three categories, but the lines of separation are not always clear and strong. When one man learns to hurdle these biological barriers, his power looms not only limitless but dangerous. The Doom Patrol suddenly find themselves confronted by the man who becomes the animal vegetable mineral menace. Ah, uh, they use menace again, but replace it with man. But yeah, so in the nineteen sixty four version, um, he it's just all matter is divided into three categories: animal, vegetable, vegetation. Uh, minerals, and that's it. Is that? Do you believe that? Do you think all matter on 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 our planet is just no. the three categories? It sounds wacky to me. It's just like so basic. Um, but he does have the ability to change his body into any form of animal, vegetation, or mineral type thing. Um, is it like? Is that just the three? It's yeah. I mean, building blocks of life, seventh grade, sure. Um, it sounds so not believable, but then I'm thinking. Well, so there's animal cells, there's plant cells, and then there's just solid state things that are just in. Is that constant. what it comes from? Like I animal guess. cells, plant cells, and and then just solid, just and then things, and then elements, elements, yeah, geodes, yeah, animal rocks, vegetable mineral man, yeah, <laughs> it's such a lame name, but I can't believe he's in the show now. It was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, it opens the door to even more wackier stuff. The biggest takeaway is that AVM Man has a second head as what will almost always be a dinosaur. <laughs> and so it is always cool to see this character because he is 
uh, a quarter dinosaur animal. Oh my gosh! So Wikipedia actually has the actor who plays his name. Oh, fine. Uh, Alejandro Alec Mapa. Where's he? Um. Um. Some other things. I'm sorry. Ugly Betty, Desperate Housewives. Um. He replaced B.D. Wong for the role of Song Lilling on the Broadway production of M. Butterfly. Ugly Betty sounds... I think that was a popular show at some point, right? Ugly Betty, yeah, it was. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like where we saw him. Because he he does have a very familiar face. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's... It's so, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, we have Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man in this damn show. Such a crazy character. I can't wait to see him. I, I don't think he'll be a um, a prominent, like... Oh, you know what I know him from? You don't mess with the Zohan. I told you oh, he was yeah? a hairdresser. I oh, knew it. Oh, that explains why. Yeah. Okay. Now I see it. Um, but he, uh, AVM Man is definitely more of, like, a... Like big henchman type. It's not like you're saying avian man, like AVM. a bird guy. He is part animal. Could be, um, but he d- in the, in the in the 1964 book, it, it they do face him a lot, and he does like change his whole body into things, and it's not all split up into the three materials. Can he um, be like rock dinosaur? Yeah, look, he's like straight up tree now, and then he turns into a a bird and flies away. Like he can, he can hone in on one thing. He should combine them. He should be Crystal Bird. That'd be scary, man. Crystal pterodactyl, um, with leaves on them. I don't know. Get start combining them. Get crazy with it. Not just he turns into a giant spider and then a bat. Ew. And then just a giant geode. Yeah. Oh, there's Rock Tiger. So it's like half rock, half tiger, but he's ultimately changing into full tiger. Um. <laughs> it's what a crazy. It's like they has <laughs> like a comic book writer. It's like, hey, we need a tiger. Now we just need a tree. <laughs> why don't you just why don't you just hang out in the background? Why don't you be a rock? They do. Um, they fix him in this one issue. He's done. Oh, he was just in the one issue? Yeah, well, I think it was a two-parter, but yeah, it's like his story was just across those two issues. And How did they fix that's him? It. They dipped him back into some weird chemical. Oh, that's how it always works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just reversed experiments that he completed. Mm-hmm. You did it, Chief. You brought Larson back. His next change will be into a prison uniform. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. God damn it. <laughs> you can't write that. <laughs> I actually yeah. found that funny. Did you? Yeah. You know, I read that from the book. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it was um, really good. Now, his Calder has a good follow-up to that. He says, I hope not, Cliff. He needs help, mental care, not imprisonment. If he can be cured, that genius of his can do enormous good. That's actually kind of nice. It's a good Niles Calder yeah. there. It's not Grant Morrison asshole Niles Calder. Yeah, it's actually it's like a something you actually take out of that and... Take home with you. Boom, a, right on the back, too. That's a good that's a little big, sentiment right there. That's a good cover. Maybe we should post the cover to that. Maybe we should get a poster of that. Or is he is he spoiling anything? I want that tattooed on me. What's that tattoo of? It's a tattoo of Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, there's got to be someone that has that on their body. 
Oh, I, because I, they think it's the coolest, wackiest thing. That is so cool. What a crazy character. He's in this show now. I'm so happy about it. There he is. There's our boy. <laughs> it looks good. It does look good. The CGI mm-hmm. looks great. I love the celery hands. I can't get over it. And the Velociraptor head. The Velociraptor head looks cool. It looks well done. He's got a like crystal leg. He's got a uh, tree he's leg. He's got crystal Pepsi as a leg. Gross. <laughs> yeah, he's got a tree tree leg, and then yeah, the uh, one the top half of his body is all dinosaur, dinosaur hand. Wow, so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I wonder how they did that behind the scenes info. This that'd be cool. But yeah, overall, like, cool episode. Really good character development. Um, it, you know, it, it only furthers our connection with the characters, even though I'm already sell, sold on them. Like, I'm already set. I'm curious if they didn't list him in the credits on IMDb because he's going to be, like, in a bigger episode. Like, he'll, he'll have, like, a real debut and not just, like, a stinger. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Because he's credited in, he shows up in the credits, uh, wait. Never mind. Yeah, he shows up in the credit a little bit here. I thought I saw a credit for like Lindsay Way. I was like, whoa, hang on. <laughs> no, it might have been someone else. Yeah. But um, you know, if the if the Brotherhood of Evil if that becomes something that they as they look for Niles Calder, they are meeting those members. Yeah. And then like towards the end of the season they, they okay, all the Brotherhood of Evil are here. And so then you have Fuchs, you have A V M man, you have Mr. Nobody, who's probably like the Joker of the scenario, who's out there and um, mm-hmm. show me the brain, show yep. me Monsieur Mala. I need to see them because that's who I thought was going to show up at the end of this stinger. I thought like the brain was going to show up in the background or something. I totally forgot about Steven, but that's that's who I'm like. I can't wait for us to see that kind of character. But overall, I love the episode. It was, it was fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but definitely, uh, check us out on all our other stuff. You can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol, uh, the Facebook group where you could talk with us about today's episode or any other episodes you're catching up on at the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Find us there and chat with us there. And, uh, don't forget you can also, um, go to twooldmedia.com where we have a Patreon we have merch that we sell and a simple donate button if you want to help us out and support our show so that it can continue and to uh, actually improve and, and build the show out better for you guys. And you can do that all at twooldmedia.com or just find us on Twitter and ask us for more information. We have shirts, we have stickers, all kinds of good stuff. Find us there. And uh, if anything, maybe just leave us a five-star review because it really does help the show and it helps listeners find the show and it helps us out so much. And thank you guys so much for listening. DJ, take it away. Animals, vegetables, and minerals, all kinds of chaos surround the Doom Patrol. Let's hope they pick up on the trail of the Lost Dials Calder. Until next time, this is Doom Patrol Radio. Doom Patrol Radio.